0: Welcome to another episode of Mick and Ori's Classic Cars. I'm Mick. And I'm Ori. Ori, we have Domenical with us. A young man. A young man. How old are you, Domenical? 22. 22 years old.
1: And Mick, he wants a car. He's looking for a
0: car that I must admit I've got. Oh, it never, ever interested me. And, and well, in. To me, it does a little bit because I've always had Japanese cars. So
1: Okay, so you've let the cat out of the bag. We're looking for a Japanese car. Domenico wants a Japanese car.
0: And why a Japanese car, Domenico?
2: The first thing that drew me towards the Japanese cars was the the whole culture in Japan about these cars, about how unique people make their own cars. With a lot of these Japanese cars back in the day, they weren't very expensive cars. Like you've got the, the Supra back in the day, the Silvia the Skylines and stuff. They weren't very expensive cars, but over there they would modify them and make them to how they wanted them, you know, which is which is something that appealed to me. And not necessarily I like every everyone's different builds when they slam it to the ground or, you know, whatever that is. But for me, it's just – it's nice that they put a little personal so – th- they, So they would tweak them up,
1: put their little – like you said, little touch of their – own what they want to do with the car, but they wouldn't change modify the engines. I think yeah, they would do
0: that as well, spoilers and all. So
1: obviously Japanese legislation allows those cars. I remember this big influx of Japanese cars, early 90s, mid-90s maybe, when these Sylvias and GDRs and Godzillas and all these things were coming and I must admit, people were going crazy, but they already had 80, 100, 200,000 kilometres on some of these cars. And
0: they were uh, found out to be quite
1: reliable. Yeah, but some wouldn't become registered or they were too powerful. There was some, I remember talk of a uh, legislation like they were too powerful or something.
0: I think there was a stage, uh, I'm not sure whether you remember, Domenical, but uh, back when there was a, an unwritten rule between Mitsubishi and Subaru that they limited the kilowatts to, I think, 205 or 206 kilowatts. So the Evo had 206, the Subaru had 206, something like that. But, you know, they were bringing those cars into Australia when they weren't Australian delivered. That's why they were allowed to bring them in. So Japanese delivered, right-hand drive. Right-hand drive. Manual and Auto, they were both
1: available, yep, as I recall. Yep. To and, and there were actually businesses, companies
0: that actually sold Jap imports. Correct. Correct. I think it was called Jap imports, and they actually. still do it now. They still do it now. So, Domenico, I mean, are you looking at modern Japanese or early Japanese?
2: What, what is it? I mean, or
0: uh,
2: well, if you're talking, would you say modern is you know post 2000s for me? You know, the new Supra, the new GTR. As nice as they are, you know, you see them on the road, they're head-turners, as you may say. But for me, it's mainly the, the late 80s to the 90s where you've got the RX-7s, the R32 GTRs, you know, that's what has a… So you're talking about what we
0: call the classics to the modern classics. Yeah. where we're, classics. Saying, we're saying modern classics up to yeah. about a 2004 or five. So you're in the modern classics era, maybe even the classics era.
2: Yeah, I'd say. The, the Probably the latest model that I really like is probably the Evo, up to the Evo 9 or 10, I think, or the 9 maybe.
0: And it's- why not the Subaru STI? I,
2: I do like the Subarus, but... You know, if I had to pick, that wouldn't be my, my top three or four. Oh, there, oh, there you go. Go. I know there someone go. that owns one of those. <laughs>
0: anyway, so, in, in terms of, sorry, Ari, the right. in terms of, you know, the type of drive and what do you look for in a drive, driver's car? I assume you want it as a driver's car, as a daily driver you're talking about or and also manual, automatic, uh, what are the choices?
2: Well, for the specific car that I want, which is the Nissan Silvia S15, which I've, I've wanted for a few years now. So that's the car. We've, well, that is definitely the one we want. That's that's definitely the one I want. There's others that I would also love. So what year is that car? So the one it comes 99 to 2001 manual and two, auto or two, I think 2002 comes in manual and auto. What do you want? Uh, 100% manual. Yeah. Okay, so
0: you you're quite good at driving manual then you no problems with the manual.
2: Yeah, okay. I I can drive manual. Well, I've got no problems sometimes. He's learning. He's, He's learning. He's learning. Oh, that's good. Um, but yeah, there's there's no way I'd want
1: And so what year? Any,
2: anyone in that year between 99 and 04? 02, I think. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's between 99 and 02 is the, the S15. I so, prefer 1999, which is the year that I was born. Okay, but, so there you go. There you go. Which has some sentimental value. Yeah. However... You know, I'm not going to be. So, you too want to look picky. for
1: one out of Japan, or you going to look for one that's already been imported and it's lo- it's in the market at the moment in Australia.
2: There, I'm not not too bothered at the moment, as I'm not currently like, actively looking for for the car. But in the future, hopefully, you know, one get that gets imported, depending on, you know, how it is and what it is. Yeah, and I'm in terms it- fast.
0: In terms of the, you know, whether it's an original car or whether it's been modified, the number of kilometres on the car, all that sort of stuff and, you know, what is there anything specific that you want to negate out of that?
2: A main thing would be an engine that's not heavily modified. As you were saying before of how I would want the car and why I would want the car, for me it'd be a daily driver and I wouldn't want something that has too much power where you can't really enjoy Yep. day-to-day in terms of aesthetically modified it just really depends on if it's tasteful in my in my eyes
1: but you can always tweak that to make it exactly unique to yourself
2: yeah there's there's certain things that i would like on on my sylvia that would be some some modifications what is that wheels spoiler those sorts of yeah racing like, stripes probably not racing stripes sorry but <laughs> yeah in terms of like spoiler and stuff they come with a with a stock spoiler I'd definitely be getting the, well, want to be getting the, the Type R opposed to the, or the Spec R opposed to the Spec S version. Okay. Um, and what's
0: the difference between those? Is it the power? I of think them? it has a
2: little bit more power, I think maybe better brake suspension. The
0: Type R has. Yeah. It is probably R for race and yeah, S for sport or something.
2: Yeah, the better. And exhaust? The exhaust I'd probably upgrade a little bit, but nothing. I don't want nothing too crazy.
1: These Japanese cars have known to be really loud.
0: Yeah, well, they they, they modify them fairly heavily, right. and even the the kits that you know for modifications for looks aesthetics. There's name kits in the Japanese have got a lot of name kits, haven't they?
2: So you can get like original kits where you've got like Aero Kit or the Rocker Bunny Kit. I think Rocker Bunny is probably the the most well known. Where you can get them, and they're that cost you six, seven, up to you know ten grand. And Just for the kit, yeah, and they're original ones, and they're not even fitted.
0: When you say original ones, you mean original from that manufacturer or yeah. from the factory?
2: So from the manufacturer. Then like. there's other brands that would do like a replica, where obviously it's not worth as much, but the same the same kind of look. And depends if you if you need the original or. Yeah, yeah Some of the things – uh,
0: you, you showed us some photos of some of the kits and the spoilers. What I find sometimes, the the distance for the front spoiler or split or whatever they call it, the front wheel to the spoiler is so far that you're going to bottom out on just about any speed hump or spoon drain or –
1: And especially if you're going to – I was just saying, some of those kits for a daily driver, I don't know if it's
2: suitable. Oh, for sure. There's no way a lot of these would be. Yeah. For me personally – I like the car, you know, a bit lower to the ground, but nothing where, you know, I've got to spend 10 minutes trying to get over a speed bump or I've got to angle in every single time I'm going over you know a little pothole or anything. So for me, you know, it's cool seeing everyone's different builds and stuff where they they make their car, you know, their own because when they released stock back in the day, they weren't very exciting cars. You know, as much as I love them, they weren't it's not like from a from the factory it's a ferrari where you, you leave it okay that's you know look how beautiful it is you know how much effort they've done in the lines and everything these were just cars where people could easily add kit cars yeah call them basically kit
1: cars, cars yeah so my question to you as a young man growing up european background what made you love japanese cars over ferrari maserati alfa romeo fiat, fiat. all these cars that we love me growing up or American muscle, because we had another young lad, Stefano. It, Stefano, who's got the the beautiful Camaro. SS Camaro. And that
2: was his dream. But you've gone completely opposite. Tell yeah. us. Well for me I still love love uh my European cars. I still like, you know, the old BMWs like the E thirties, E thirty sixes, those kinds. And the Ferraris too. However, I've never been never been into the American muscle cars. I'm not sure why. It's just not really not really my style. I prefer a, a, small, a smaller, smaller car. car. You know, when What I look for in a car is something that would be fun to drive in the hills with. Yeah. These Japanese cars, especially from the iconic Fast and Furious saga, doing the hill runs in Tokyo Drift, that's always a, always a classic.
1: They're in all the games that you guys are playing. Yeah,
2: in the need for speeds and everything. And I think what draws myself and a lot of other people is how cheap they were compared to yeah. these other. They're achievable, European. aren't they? Yeah. For a
1: young lad, they're achievable. Yeah. yeah. A young
2: lad, young, a young girl, they're achievable. So another reason why the Japanese cars, you know, were so, were so popular and still are now is because the engines were so easily modified to produce high amounts of horsepower. And this was used a lot in, you know, day-to-day or kind of stuff like that or... In drifting, which is also a huge huge culture in in Japan. And also also here I know that at the Tail and Ben you can go for they do the drift days there, not that I've been. Yeah, and before, same yeah. at
1: Malala. I think with So is there a switch you flick or anything to do
0: something to the engine when you want to drift it, or it's just No, I drift. think it's modified to be able to drift. I think they've got a can, special handbrake and they've got more horsepower. But you can drive the, it daily. The, the big advantage with with this is, and this is w- one of the reasons why they were so popular, apart from you know being able to modify the engines, is the rear-wheel drives. See, Australia went away from rear-wheel drives. I mean, the Toyota Camry was front-wheel drive. There's a lot of yeah, cars, rear-wheel. whereas the original Australian cars, well, people rear-wheel wanted drive. rear-wheel drive. You know, the Magna came out and it's front-wheel drive. So the big plus for the Japanese is people could get these cars at relatively low prices secondhand from japan and they'd be rear-wheel drive you can't drift a front-wheel drive properly so that was the big big plus plus. and the four-wheel drives like the subarus and evos or the all-wheel drives i should say they weren't as popular for drifting
1: so with all these tweaks and modifications that you can do to the engines would they have to in south australia would they have to go over regency
0: well, that's uh, food for thought because uh, I think any modifications you probably do to an engine, yeah, if it's. But I'm not sure what happens there.
2: Mm. Oh, so interesting! So you would definitely tweak the engine on yours. Uh, well, I, I'm remember. not sure. I'd have to drive it first. I'd have to see. I'm not into. Well, I'm not looking to make you know five six hundred horsepower just to yeah. say that I've I've got a car with that much power. For me, something like like the STI, I'm not sure how much uh, horsepower that's got. Yeah, well,
0: that's got a hundred and oh, – sorry, 206 kilowatts.
2: So just under 300 then. So,
0: yeah, it'd be 290 odd. Yeah, something yeah. like that probably.
2: See, something like that to daily drive, you know, that's enough power where yeah. you can enjoy it, you give it a little squirt, you know, here and there, but nothing too too crazy.
1: You know when they say tweak the engine, is that – because I remember also in that era of people importing
0: these Japanese cars where they used to, oh, i chipped it, I've put a chip in, I've put a chip in. Is that tweaking the engine? That's tweaking the engine. All it is is um, modifying the computer modules.
1: Okay. All right. So you're to reprogramming
0: it. You're reprogramming it. You know, but what happens is the manufacturers bring them out so that it's more reliable and economical. So once you start doing these other things, it does, you know, affect the reliability of the car. Yep. And, and the other thing, Domenico, as well, you've been to Japan?
2: Yes. Uh, once, twice? You've been? Once, uh, 2019. Looking for a car? No, unfortunately
0: not. Unfortunately. And why particularly, again, why particularly did you want to go to Japan?
2: The the culture, to me, really interests me. Um, you get – there was a, so many cars they were, saw there as well, which was a, another interest for me, as long as, as with the food and the environment there. But in terms of the cars, you know, you see a whole a whole wide variety and they've got rules where you can basically do anything. You can like we saw cars with neon lights on the on the ground. What's it called? Um, when you have neon lights on the floor of your car? Uh, just neon lights on the floor of your car. Oh, there you go. That's what I call it. Oh. Yeah. No. So there everything are, I think you there see on an,
1: Instagram and in movies, that's that's real. So yeah, you can, can see you it. You can
2: drive around like people have. They call it like bagged cards where the cambers are all all going yeah. out, and you know you see that in real life where. So they're, they're cool. driving on the road. Well,
0: Ori, uh, yeah. if you remember, when we were in Borneo for the soccer tournament, uh, uh, remember yes. those little cars? Yep, absolutely. You know, the camber, they would drop that much. You're thinking, how did they drive it with You know, with those things? and They had the spikes think, coming out of the yeah, mags. Yeah, it was all like... sorts of things. And they were only tiny cars, but yep. they you know put their own flavour to the car. Yeah, fair enough. Look, there's one thing for sure with Japanese cars, and having
1: owned a Nissan NX Coupe when I was a young man. Oh, is that right, yeah. an NX Coupe? I uh, – Five speed, manual, beautiful car, right? Great car. Lots of fun. You're right. They're nifty, the smaller cars through the hills, awesome. And I used to do some scuba diving back then when I owned that car. So I used to constantly drive in the country. And on long drives, they are brilliant. They are quick, nifty, and you know, user friendly. You can use them every day. And they yeah. look
0: cool. They and, do look cool. And I think uh what you're saying about uh, the cars, uh, Domenical when you talked about a, an E30 BMW or the European, the advantage with, you know, the Japanese cars is the reliability's there. Absolutely. You yeah. know, so – and probably parts are, you know, a fair bit cheaper. So, yeah, have you looked
1: at all that sort of stuff? So uh, you've obviously got to set yourself a budget. Well – Or you haven't gone that far yet. You well, know, that's the car you want.
2: Yeah. I mean, there, a couple of years ago I was I was looking for the – The Sylvia, I'd say a bit more actively than now. And I was looking in domestic market and also importing one from Japan. And at that point, I didn't didn't really know much about how to import and stuff. Around then, they were just over 20 grand for like a pretty decent one. However, now they've, uh, along with a lot of the other Japanese uh, classics, have uh, skyrocketed. Wow.
0: Yeah, we found, uh, you know, we're in Australia, so we're talking Australian dollars. Yeah. Um, but what it is is through the pandemic, we've found that in Australia the second-hand car market has really skyrocketed a fair bit, particularly even the Australian muscle cars. You know, they've gone uh, really, really expensive. So you've, you've got, you're working towards setting yourself
1: a budget then?
2: Yeah, so my, my budget will have to increase. I think it's, um, it's not something that I'm looking to buy. You know, in the next year or so. Okay, uh, so it's a probably out of uni, and then, you know, hopefully in the future.
0: In the meantime, um, in terms of your daily driver, I hear that you're going to end up with a, a Fiat Punto for a, a daily driver.
2: Yeah, yeah, which um, uh, hand me down ad- from your brother, is it? That's right. I'm definitely excited about that. Mainly because it's manual.
0: Mainly because it's manual. Because yeah. at the moment, the X Trail is uh,
2: the X Trail. Although it's a it's a beautiful <laughs> Nissan, it's a. It gets me where j- I need to go. It's not uh, and yeah, Actually, no.
0: they're not a bad car, I must admit. The X-Trail, it's a pretty good car. That's why there's so That's many on the road. 100%, but different different drive to a Punto. It certainly is, And a yeah. different drive again to a... So Mick
1: touched on it before. Have you driven these Japanese cars? Have you driven any of these Japanese... The Silvia, the GDRs? Have you driven anything apart from the Subaru? Oh,
2: no. O- only, only the Subaru I've driven.
1: So how do you know that this car you want is actually going to be a nice car to drive. Does that Uh, worry you? Well,
2: not really. Only because I've got a couple of friends that have got a uh, Nissan Silvia. One in particular daily drives his and he's daily driven it for a few years now. And, you know, he raves and raves about it. I mean, I always talk to him, like, you know, how's it going? Like, just to keep up to date, just to see, you know, for when I'm looking for, it, just some, you know, some information from someone who's already got one. And he says, you know, no problems. He loves it all, all the time. And, you know, there is a chance that I may not like to drive it when, when I get one. But
0: I think I that's guess when it like, gets to that point. Yeah, I think that's probably very unlikely because if you like to drive a manual, the Silvia is a rear wheel drive. Yep. You've driven the STI, which has yeah. probably got a fair bit more power than, than the Silvia. But you've enjoyed or you do enjoy driving the STI?
2: Oh, love, love driving the STI. What
0: about the turbo lag in it and things like that?
2: For me, it's not a, a deal-breaker. It's not something where it's going to put me off the car. I think it's something that you just get used to. And, I mean, regardless, I still enjoy the, enjoy the car a lot. So you're young. You're 22 years old. You're going to buy
1: this Silvia. You're going to put your own little touch of Domenico on it. Would you ever sell this car, do you think, in the future? Hard question to ask, but is it something they would just say in the collection? Cause it's not a it's a big outlay, but it's not a big
2: outlay, if that makes sense. Ideally I wouldn't I wouldn't want to. If I am able to attain this the exact Sylvia or basically the exact Sylvia that I want. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I'd ever plan to, to sell to it. Plan to sell it's it. something yeah. you've
1: always wanted. You've dreamed about it, you finally got it. It's going yeah. to have a couple hundred thousand kilometres on there most probably, but like I said, they're reliable and you, everyone can work on them. Parts are easy to, to access and to get. Why would you sell it?
0: Yeah, it, it really depends on the circumstances at the time. Oh, uh, if you
1: needed the money, you're building yeah. a house, things like that, or, exactly right. I mean, you're paying for uni fees, whatever it may be, different. But if that didn't come into it, you wouldn't really sell it.
0: Yeah, th- that's the thing. If you don't really need to sell it. I mean, of, um, of the
1: cars you owned, Mick, when you were a young man,
0: yeah, but I think what happens as well, your your choices or your your ideas change over time. So look, you know, at the moment, uh, Domenico, you you've got a girlfriend and it's just the two of you. But things change. You know, like I had a three hundred ZX. When babies come along, you can't really fit baby seats in there, so you're driving the other car daily, or you know, yeah. um, and you get you get annoyed that that's not getting used. So circumstances do change,
1: but it, but with in hindsight, knowing what we know now, we're older,
0: Me, What advice would we give him? Yeah, I
1: would say don't sell it. <laughs> yeah. Because like I said, I sold my Maserati 3200 GT. In hindsight, I should have kept that car. But I did. Once again, we had three children. Rosa was pregnant. Yeah. So, you know, it, we couldn't fit all three. What are we doing with it? My wife can't drive a manual car.
0: It's just going to sit there. I think that, that is a good point, Ori. And, and Domenico, I would, my, my thoughts are that... You wouldn't sell it, particularly if it is a good one. If it's bastardized too much, or, you know, any Tom, Dick, and Harry can get one of those, it's a different story. But if it's one that you've picked up that maybe is in good original condition, you've modified some bits that you can get back to original if need be. Yep. You know, I think that's. You've got that's it running
1: good... perfect. You've done everything you need to. It's harder to replace that and find one, and the values are still going up. In the yeah. future than what you've currently got. So I yeah. say my advice to you, having been there, and wanting my dream car, then finally getting one and then
0: selling it because of circumstances. Yep. Try and keep it if you can. Yeah. Anyway, I've got the STI and I'm not, I'm not selling that at the there moment. You go. So And yeah. how
1: long have you had that, Mick?
0: Well, that I've had since two thousand and five. So, so it's
1: at sixteen years.
0: Yeah. And I'm really, um, really reluctant to sell that.
1: I suppose, and, you know, a lot of things about selling, is, and we don't know where the future goes, uh, what the future holds, but it's always, where do I store these cars? That was but, my... I've got a two-car garage at home. Where am I physically going to store my car? You need so, the warehouse. Yeah, correct. need you the do, warehouse. You yeah, need everyone, somewhere. Yeah. So, and um, it would have been an issue with you, Mick, before you built the new house also, a bigger garage. It's always an issue with these cars. But if there's somewhere you can store them... Absolutely. There are plenty
0: of places now that you can pay for storage, but, again, depending on the value of the car, it does cost a fair bit, so yep. you've got to look at those things as well. Oh, that's awesome. Oh. Anyway, Dominic, we wish you all the best in your car hunting, but uh, there are other things that you've probably got on your mind that you've got to do, like you mentioned your uni, which is uh, a big, big commitment.
2: Yeah, yeah. And another thing, just quickly, when you were uh, talking about, you know, circumstance and stuff, I was also thinking – you know, for a while, I was debating whether I'd want to pursue a Sylvia or an Evo. Because obviously an Evo is four-door. More you know, user-friendly. Seems more practical for a longer period of time. You have a family, you can still use the Evo. Exactly. There you go. Because it's got five seats. Yeah. But, you know, after contemplating, I mean, not that I needed to make a decision straight away. Mm. Always went back to the Sylvia. You know, whether, even though I had only had two seats, uh, two two doors. For me, I'd much prefer prefer the Silvia over an Evo.
0: Okay, well, what you will have to do then, uh, Domenico, I think, is drive both uh, the Evo and the Silvia on different occasions, and uh, then you never know—you might like the Evo even more. Yeah, no, but I
1: it. think it, it, it's it's age also. You know, he's a young man, early twenties, a two door. You don't need, you don't think about a four door, five seater yeah. now. You've got no
0: commitment. Plenty of time for that. You've you got reckon.
1: plenty of time. Correct. So I agree. Buy the two door and don't sell the two door. Keep it.
0: Anyway, so we have we helped you along there, Domenico, or not really? We've made it more complicated.
1: <laughs> no, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to seeing Domenico's car because I want to drive one. I don't think I've never it, driven one. I've, I've driven this in GDR and I've, things like that. A Sylvia I've never driven. Is
0: they that must little... be pretty good. I mean, they brought a lot of them into Australia, as in grey market imports, yep. and there's still plenty of them and they're holding value, so they must have been good cars.
1: Look, a friend of mine had one years ago and i went in the car and and he loved it and it had like i said it had nearly 150,000 kilometers when he bought it and i think he put another 100,000 kilometers on it never had a problem with it there you go you know? and you said that a nice car quick just surprising that you know the young generation still want those
0: japanese imports that's great and it relates to things like the Fast and the Furious and whatever movies are at the time. One hundred percent. Here is a question: How come they actually never
1: sold them new in this country? If there is such a huge demand for these vehicles, well, they sold the S
0: two thousand two hundred, the S 18 the S two thousand, S two hundred.
2: Oh, sorry. The, the S two thousand. That's a hundred. That's a not Honda. the S two thousand. I was thinking the, the SX. The two hundred SX, so, sorry. Yeah, yes. Yeah, there is an Australian delivered Sylvia, so to say. Right. There's a few few differences. I'm not sure exactly. But yeah, it's labelled as the two hundred SX.
0: And okay. what about the one hundred eighty SX? It's Is that an the SX? The
2: whole the whole Sylvia group is, is very strange because you've got a lot of names for very similar cars which are also Categorised under the same thing, ah.
0: depending on which country it got yeah. delivered to. Right. So
2: you can have an S15 and a 200SX, but then a 200SX could also be an S14 or an S13. That's, so it's a bit, it's it's very confusing sometimes, depending okay. on
0: which market it went to. Yeah.
2: Right. Okay. Anyway,
0: Domenico, thanks for coming on. That was uh, it was good, and uh, we're going to leave it there, Ari. We'll put some photos of Domenico's dream car up on the Yeah, Instagram. we certainly will. Um, Thank you very much for having me. No, thanks. It was a Anyway, you can catch us on the show at mickandori at gmail.com and, uh, like always, look up our Instagram and our YouTube as well. So uh, we're going to leave it there. And remember, if your car's not a classic... It will be one day. Thank you. Thanks, guys.